So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. She didn't have a ride. She was just, you know, just by herself. So she, I took her and she, I give her a ride. She rode back with me. I took care of her because she didn't have a clue. And uh, took her to the same hotel I was, so, you know, showed her, you know, how to get her a room and everything. One on one! Mac Davis and WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long with One on One. Hey, Teddy, how you doing this week? Hey. Hey, I'm doing good, man. I just want to, you know, say right quick there, since we, you know, coming on here, I want to just thank all the fans and all the support we received from our first uh, show going on the uh, Sportskedia Network there. I mean, just tremendous support from the fans. You know, our numbers certainly blew up and, you know, and I just want to thank everybody and all we want to say to you is we just want you to keep on giving us your support. And on down the line, uh, I was thinking somewhere too, uh, Mac, that, um, we got to start having some prizes, you know, some stuff that we can gear our fans, you know, yes. and show them that we appreciate, you know, all their support. So we're working on that, players. Y'all just give us a little time. It's just me and Mac, you know, trying to do our thing here, man. But it's a two-man you. show happening. <laughs> yeah. So, but <laughs> thank you, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. So yeah. what I want to make is do like like maybe, maybe some giveaways. So some of the questions that they ask, you know, maybe if they, I, you know, get a, or maybe I might start asking them questions. And if they give me the right answer, then we'll, you know, we got a T-shirt for them. Just like what he's got on right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, so right here I, I'm wearing, it's called You Got Block Player. And if everybody's familiar with it, somebody blocked my Twitter and started uh, block. Well, they hacked my Twitter and started blocking all my friends. So people thought it was me. So everybody, one of the guys over at the Pro Wrestling Tees called and he said, Teddy, I think you ought to do it. Let's do a shirt on it. So we, we got the shirt. It's, you're looking at it. It's You Got Block Player. And uh, I'll have some of these uh, uh, with me in Winston-Salem, uh, North Carolina at WrestleCade this weekend. So I'm going to be there. Also on Sunday night, I'm going to be over in Raleigh, North Carolina over with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. We're going to watch his last match. And uh, so I'll have these these shirts on hand, man, uh, uh, Saturday and Sunday night up in uh, Carolina. While they last. There's a limited number, so if you want that shirt and everybody wants that shirt, make sure you get there early and buy it while he still has them. Right. I also want to mention Sports Kita. We have a team. This is something unusual for Teddy and I because Teddy and I have been working by ourselves basically <laughs> from the get-go. But we now have a team that works with us at Sports Kita, and the product they put out after we did the our own video part of the thing was just incredible. I want to say thank you to those guys, our team at Sports Kita, for doing such a great job. Uh, you really made Teddy and I look great, and we certainly saw it in the numbers, and uh, we can't thank you enough. And, 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 and the thing we want to let them know, we're going to keep on producing a good product, a good show, so the numbers can keep on going up because we appreciate, like you said, everything Sports Key has done for us. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Soraya Page, you remember her? Yeah, I remember Page. Now, now y'all kind of crossed. Didn't you kind of leave at the time she was coming into the main roster? 
Yes, I did. I was I was going out when she was coming in. She had a match last night. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but uh, she had her first match back in the ring after about five years. After she, I think she had spinal stenosis, I believe was the uh, what they had uh, actually determined it was for her. But she got back in the ring at AEW's full gear last night. A little rusty, but overall an emotional and good match from Soraya. Right. Well, not not bad, man. That's that's very good. You know, I, I you know I just wish people the best. You know, if you have to move from one company to another. Then go on and just, you know, give that company you move to give 100%. Forget about the past, you know, and start living for the future and do a great job wherever you go. And like, you know, I said, whenever I was told to do something, I always, I always put in my head, I'm going to do it better than they want it. And that's the way I went out and did it. You know, OK, this is what you want. Well, I'm going to give it 100, you know. So let's just keep that in mind, guys and gals, you know, just keep it 100. Give the company your, the best that you've got. And that's all they can ask for. Let me ask you, did you have any interactions with Soraya or Paige at the time would have been in WWE? Uh, well, I spoke to her and me and her talked and you know, always had good conversations. And her, I think her mother owns a, a wrestling promotion in Canada. She mm-hmm. And uh, she, her mother, and she uh, did uh, t- talk to me about her mother wanting me to, you know, wanting to bring me in up in Canada. So I did get a chance to talk to her mother about it and so but i I think during the pandemic or something i don't know what happened but we didn't get a chance to make that happen i uh she's actually probably in england uh because uh they were over in the uk is where she's from so imagine that unless they were working for an organization in canada uh they're from the uk so yeah so soraya a great match last night her family is very wrestling oriented her mother her father her brother i mean that's a wrestling family right there yeah dave Meltzer. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, no, the only thing I was saying, yeah, I've heard a lot of, you know, great stuff about him, you know, and I was just looking forward to working for him. Yes. No, but I, I would love to meet her. She looks like a sweetheart, and I've always thought that about her. She always had a look about her that was very approachable. And a lot of the stars, you know, sometimes, you know, people are very afraid to go up to them because they're starstruck. Paige always had one of those feelings like you could walk up and talk to her, hug her neck, and she'd be completely cool with everything. Uh, yeah. and, and that's the kind of people I like. So I, I, one day I'm hoping to meet her. Uh, Dave Meltzer has floated a possible match for WrestleMania. I just saw this a couple days ago. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Brock Lesnar. Teddy, your thoughts on a possibility between those two? Well, you know, you got two great competitors right there. You got two uh, uh, ring generals. You know, these two guys are really tough in, in the ring. Uh, I, I just don't know really what to say about it because, you know, from what I've heard, you know, that uh, Steve is certainly kind of retired. You know, he yeah. doesn't, doesn't want to get back in the ring, you know, due to some injuries, you know, he got earlier in his career. But, I mean, you know, that, that doesn't really mean nothing. Kurt Angle was the same way. You know, he retired and wasn't supposed to get back in the ring. Next thing you know, you see him. Well, we uh, did see same. Steve Austin last year in WrestleMania, though, with Kevin Owens uh, right. in, well, in, a, in a match of, of type. Right. Well, but Austin knows how to walk and talk. So, yes. I mean, he, yes. so it wasn't a whole lot of taking a lot of bumps in there and stuff. You know what I mean? So you can get by. You can get through with that. And I was going to also say the same thing was with Edge. You know, he's, you know, after his injury, he swore that he would never step back in. But doctors told him not to. And they, and look at that. There you go. Yep. So that's why I say it's, it's hard to, you know, say anything about it because you just don't know what these guys will do. But I think that's money right there. Steve Austin and Brock Lesnar, that's money right there. So, and I know Hunter is a businessman and that's what he's about. That dollar, oh, yeah. dollar, make you go holla, holla. So that <laughs> might happen. 
You know, one of the things that I, I've i noticed, people kind of bashing the idea of those two getting together, and I don't get that, because Brock Lesnar, I thought he and Goldberg had a very great match in one of their matches that nobody expected would be good, and it was good. Brock, like you say, is a great ring general. I don't think people give him the credit that he deserves. He's an incredible performer as well as a uh, actual athlete. I mean, he's just incredible. Well, see, a lot of people just don't understand. You know, they just see what he does in the ring. They don't understand, you know what I mean? He's a brawler slash tough wrestler. Yeah. So you see the brawler side of him more than you see the wrestling side. And so that's how come what people don't know, they don't know how to pick up on that. So that's why you see him bashing him. Well, he shouldn't, you know, they, they, they just don't have a clue. But, you know, if they keep watching, they'll learn. Uh, something I want to bring up. Uh, I noticed uh, Mr. Kennedy, uh, we were talking about him just recently, and he was telling a story about a 12-hour flight where most of the talent had fallen asleep on the plane, and Vince was one of the few who were actually awake. And he tells a story of Vince actually creeping around the plane, being stealth, and throwing hard candies at the boys and then ducking his head real quick like, it wasn't me. Nope, not me. Uh, you know, he, is Vince really that playful? Well, if he's in a good mood and, uh, you know, if he's feeling good, you know, things that went well, you know, and he's in a good mood, he'll play a little, play around a little bit. But like I said, you, <laughs> Michael Cole told me this one time. I was getting on Vince's plane and I got on the plane and Michael Cole was on the plane. And Michael Cole told me, he said, Tay Long, the one thing you don't do on this plane, don't go to sleep. Okay. He said, <laughs> the only way you go to sleep, Vince goes to sleep. So I learned that, and then he also told me a story about the time they went overseas, and he caught, they took this waterbed on the, you know, one of those big uh, uh, Army aircrafts, yep. and had the waterbed on there, and said, Vince come through, and he saw Big Show laying on the waterbed sleep, and he let all the water out of him. <laughs> on the plane? Well, I don't know. I think they had landed somewhere, okay. and they took the bed off, and no, they was in one of those camps, you know, you know, where military camps or whatever yep. it was, but no, they weren't on the plane. The bed had come off the plane, but he walked in and show was laying on the waterbed sleeping. and Vince let all the water out of it. While we're talking about uh, being uh, overseas like that, did you make any of those, uh, the uh, Christmas for the Troops programs? No, I never, I, never, I never made any of those shows. Have you heard any stories from those things that we may not know about that happened at some of those things that the boys may have talked about? Well, I heard this from John Cone. John Cone, God, I love him to death, man. He's the guy that's a referee there in uh, WWE, and he's also, uh, you know, works in talent relations. Well, John Cone told me he went somewhere and he was drinking or something, but anyway, he got kidnapped by these Iraqis, okay? Oh, and they had him in this pickup truck, and he said they finally, you know, let him go, and they took him, you know, back to the, the base of wherever he was supposed to be. But John Cone did tell me that. He said two Iraqis, they kidnapped him. He so hadn't been scared real, to death. He was real lucky. Jeez. Um, and the reason I bring that up, there is a uh, the new show, and I'm trying to find it here. Uh, here it is. Uh, WWE Tribute to the Troops will be taking place on Saturday, December 17th, and that'll be on Fox. Uh, that's the reason I brought that up, because I wasn't sure that you ever made one of those trips, because I didn't recall that you had. So. No, um, I never, I'm, and, and I wouldn't make, I wouldn't make because I didn't make them. I really didn't want that flight over in Iraq. I didn't really want to fly that long. Did anybody want to make that flight? Because there weren't many guys that uh, ever seemed too keen about making that long flight. 
Well, a, a lot of guys didn't mind. Uh, JBL, he was a guy that didn't mind, you know, because he believed in, you know, those guys, served, you know, that did, you know, over there protecting us, you know, and everything. And so they deserved to see some entertainment. So JBL was always eager to go on those trips. And a lot of the guys were too, man. They wanted to take, a, you know, the entertainment to them because they understood how those guys were living over there. You don't see nothing. You don't know nothing. So a little wrestling entertainment certainly helped them out a lot. Absolutely. Speaking of Vince McMahon, he has a Vice TV documentary coming up. That's going to be on December 13th at 9 p.m. Uh, on Vice. Uh, Teddy, Vince McMahon, of course, has been in the news quite a bit. I hear Sergeant Rufus in the background. Uh, Vince has been in the news quite a bit. He's trying to lay low now. But now with this documentary coming out, what do you expect that uh, we might see? Brother, I just don't know. I, <laughs> I, you know, but Vince is just, it really, you know, kind of private, like, you know, there's yeah. things he'll, he'll talk about and there's things he may not talk about, but I'm really interested in, uh, in seeing it too, because, you know, sometimes, you know, as, as I, as he got older to me, I think he kind of got a little bit relaxed a lot more and didn't mind, you know, talking about things in the past. So I think this is going to be real interesting. The, the, the nine lives of Vince McMahon. He certainly got nine lives. Yes, he does. Any uh, personal moments with Vince that you remember the most as being something that will stick with you for forever? Well, I remember the first time I came, uh, I went back. <clears throat> they called me to come to work as a manager, and I went to Providence, Rhode Island. And I walked out the first night with uh, D'Lo Brown, and I cut this promo on Tommy Dreamer. And when I come back through the curtain, Vince McMahon was standing up and he was waiting on me. And he called me over to him and he said to me, he said, I can't believe I've had you right here under my nose all this time. He said that to me. And the next thing he said to me, he said, I want you to know that they really wasted you down south. And I told him like this. I said, well, sir, I said, there's some people in the back there could have told you what I could do. I said, but, you know, maybe they yep. just didn't want you to know and I just thanked him very much and that stood with me and that let me knew then you know hey I'm not going to screw this up or whatever this man wants me to do he's giving me the opportunity of a lifetime and I'm going to show him I appreciate it and that's why I gave my job 100% you know, a lot of people I don't think they they see Vince as a compassionate individual did you ever see Vince uh, actually as someone with a lot of compassion showing compassion to someone yeah, yeah, I've seen him showing compassion, you know, like a lot of, lot of guys get injuries and stuff, you know, he wasn't one to, you know, jump up out of his seat and run down to the ring, you know, with everybody, you know, to see what's going on, because he had people to do that for him. Yeah. But once they brought the guy back, you know, Vince would get right over and, you know, see, you know, exactly what happened to him or what was wrong, or if he needed to go to the hospital, he'd make sure that that happened right away. Yeah, he's a compassionate person, he just, you know what I mean, he has his moments, like we all have our moments. Oh, yeah. You know? Some days I'm not in a good mood. I don't want to hear nothing, you know. Some days, you know, I'm 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 eager and ready to go. And that's why I, I stay in the gym a lot because that helps me a lot. It takes the stress off of me. Yeah. And I mean, I've been training over 20-some years, so I've learned that that really works, okay? Because I've had bad days. I'll go to the gym and get a couple hours work in, and then I feel absolutely great like another person. Yeah, I've been training probably... 40, 50 years, and I'm the same yeah. with Teddy. Well, you're uh, right. You, 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 guy, you know about this. Oh, yeah. Look, at, there's no better way to get rid of that stress and, and keep from beating somebody's ass and go to the gym and just let it all out there. Yeah, exactly, man. And then, you know, then to be around the guys in the gym that you know and, you know, you're holding yeah. a little conversation as you move along, you know, and get It's very much up. like wrestling. It is a family, even at the gym and when you go to the uh, wrestling. It's a family, and everybody right. gets what's happening. 
Well, I, I, I go to gym, I see the same guys I see every day. Yep. And when I go to work with wrestling, I see the same guys, yep. you know, right back in that locker room. So you're right. The gym is a, is a, is where it's like a family. Teddy, you are in the Hall of Fame. Everybody knows that already. But uh, one thing that I've noticed is that Earl Hebner has now commented recently that he believes he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, I agree with Earl. I agree with Earl Hebner. That's if they, you know, if, if they ever decide that they want to do a Hall of Fame for the for the referees and the officials. There are a lot of guys, you know, Jim White, God rest his yep. soul. He certainly should be one of them. But I certainly agree with Earl Hebner, Mike Kyoto, Jimmy Corderas. Uh, Jack Doan, Chad Patton, you know, uh, Nick Patrick, uh, all those guys, they're uh, seasoned veterans, you know, of course, refereeing. And, and some of them, you know, had a little wrestling background. Nick yep. Patrick, you know, he wrestled a little bit in uh, 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 Mid-South, Bill Watts territory before he ever came up and started refereeing. So I think those guys deserve that honor, you know, and I hope somebody pay attention to maybe what we're saying and think about it and, and go ahead and do that. You know, uh, you actually, when you think about it, are the only referee that is in the Hall of Fame because you got a ring, but it was mainly, I guess, for uh, services away from the referee duties. Is that correct? Yeah, that had nothing to do with refereeing. Yeah. My Hall of Fame, well, it would have to, I'll say this, to, to be in the Hall of Fame, then I had to accomplish everything that I'd done. So I, myself, I know I did a great job as refereeing. I oh, know yeah. I did job is SmackDown General Manager. So that Hall of Fame ring that I got, I think it covers it all. Something else that I think they need to do with the Hall of Fame, they put celebrities in there. There's no reason why you can't put a referee. But there are also people like Bill After that come to mind who have the wrestling knowledge and are icons in this business that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. So I, I'm kind of surprised. There's a lot of names in there that don't belong to me, and they're names that are left off the list that need to go in. Well, I agree with you, Bill After. Certainly, I, I met Bill After when I first broke into business, so I've known him my entire career. Uh, the other guy, George Napolitano, uh, Napolitano yes. uh, George, been, been around God for ages, you know, and he always, you know, was there, took pictures, and they were like our media, Bill After and those that guy. They like they they put our business out there. They had magazine, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, so they did a lot for the business. So yes. you know, like, like I said, I. <laughs> If me and you were doing this, it you know we be would different. We we we'd, we'd be different. But you yeah. know, I think with this business, you know, they only do something if it's gonna you know draw money. So does maybe. The, they, I'm sorry. I was gonna say, does the Hall of Fame for WWE deserve to be in a brick and mortar building? Because the the online presence of a Hall of Fame is just up there in the the cloud or whatever. You know, it's it's not a physical place people can visit. Isn't it time for them to build? an actual brick-and-mortar Hall of Fame. Well, I, I that was a rumor one time that they were doing that, and they had this building in Orlando, Florida. Uh, no, not... Well, I think the first time I think I heard about it, it was San Antonio, Texas. And I remember somebody was going to take me over there to see the place that they were going to start, you know, going to call it the Hall of Fame. But I never did get a chance to go. I think I had to work, and we just didn't have the time. But yeah, yeah, they should have a Hall of Fame. I heard, like I said, I did hear a rumor that they were going to open a Hall of Fame in Orlando, Florida, or maybe in Connecticut. I'm not sure, but uh, I'm, I'm, you know, like I said, stuff like that it takes time. So I'm sure if it's on their mind, they'll get around to it. Well, if it if it takes time, it's taken a whole long time so far for it to happen. Well, they so. gotta they gotta look at it and see if there's any 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 dollar signs in there. You know, is, is are we doing this? This gonna help the, you know make us money plus you know do something for the fans too, give them something to look yeah. at and somewhere to go.
True. Uh, I want to bring up something that uh, you, you're probably not going to like, but we're around Thanksgiving right now. In 2005, the Wrestling Observer awarded the worst worked match of the year. Oh, yeah. I to can you. right now. Me and Eric Bischoff. Yes. <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about that uh, match and uh, well, memories? Well, I don't know. I think that was just something, uh, you know, Vince wanted to do, I guess. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah. The Battle well, of the GMs. Well, think about it. You know what I mean? Bischoff, I, you know, great guy. Love him, too. He's not a wrestler. I'm not a wrestler. So we just trying to put something together there. But the whole the, the whole concept of that was for me and him to start out and then bring Boogeyman down and Boogeyman, you know, would, would take it home for us. So, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, it was pretty bad. I agree with him. What was going through your mind? Because I know at one point you got dropped down on the ground. I can't remember what he did, but you were on the mat and kind of under the rope, staying out of the way when uh, – when everybody started booing the match. I mean, that had to be uncomfortable as hell hearing that. Well, there's nothing you can do, brother. You're out there. So if they're booing, they're booing. You know, with that, let me know then it's bad. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know nothing I can do to correct this. You know what I mean? So just boogeyman, please come on. What was the uh, reaction when you got behind the curtain? Well, everybody started kind of laughing about it, you know. Just kind of, <laughs> kind they of all funny. knew it was a piece of crap, I guess, huh? Yeah, yeah. Because they, well, they knew we, 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 we hit you guys that are not wrestlers, you know what I mean? So it, I, I think it was more of an entertainment than it was yeah. to be real serious. I uh, I agree. I think, And I think all wrestling needs that kind of uh, moment in their shows because otherwise you're staying so high all the time, the fans right. are going to get tired. Uh, so right. you've got to have moments like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was funny, you know, for, you know, Thanksgiving season, season Survivor Series, which, by the way, uh, we have the WWE Survivor Series coming up. And this time it's now going to be the War Games uh, version of it. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, heard some of the stuff that's going on, but we're hearing now that possibly in one of the War Games matches for the ladies that we may see the return of Naomi and Sasha Banks. Uh, which has been a long time coming. They've been out for a while now for an unknown reason, really. Uh, something happened that just made him get upset and basically walk out the door at the WWE. Um, I can't help but think that maybe some of that's been uh, taken care of as far as some of the people who are no longer with the WWE, and uh, maybe that's why their return is, is going to happen possibly this weekend. Um, did you Have you dealt much with Sasha Banks at all? Have you seen her or worked with her at all? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, I didn't get it. When she first come in, I think I was already gone or was, or was leaving again. Uh, but I did uh, have a, a, a spend a lot of time with Naomi. Now, Naomi, you know, is uh, Jimmy Uso's wife. Yes. Well, when she first broke into the business, she, we was in uh, Buffalo, New York. So she didn't have a ride. She was just, you know, just by herself. So she, I took her and she, I give her a ride. She rode back with me. I took care of her because she didn't have a clue. And uh, took her to the same hotel I was. So, you know, showed her, you know, how to get her a room and everything. And so Jimmy really thanked me for that, for looking out for her. You know what I mean? But Naomi just was absolutely fantastic. What a sweet girl. And, uh, you know, like I said, people coming around knew I was like that, man. If you don't know, I'll, I'll take care of you. I ain't going to leave you in the wilderness. You know, that's one thing that uh, I think that a lot of people don't realize that when the new guys come into the, uh, to the, I guess, the main roster, Somebody needs to show them the ropes. Uh, it's not something that can easily be learned because there is a process to how to make it work so you're not always tired. Is that correct? 
Well, yeah. And then the other thing, too, you know, like I said, a lot of those new guys come in, you don't really want to help them because they come in with bad attitudes. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I'll tell you a story. Uh, what was the guy uh, that went to TNA? He was uh, Dixie Carter, supposed to have been uh, uh, uncle, uh, brother in law, or something like that. God, I can't think I of can't remember. But anyway, he was new. Wagner used to be telling the story if I can't think of the guy's name, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you need to know who this is because this is a he's he just like I said, he's completely idiot. And this was nice one of the, guy, the nice wrestler, guy, but ain't got a clue. He was a wrestler. Yeah, he was a wrestler. He went and worked in. Uh, they sent him back to NXT, but he went to TNA. He left WWE and went to TNA, and he was supposed to have been related to Dixie Carter. Well, I, I, I guarantee you our listeners will know exactly who that is. They'll send it to us. Send us into the information down below. Make the comments and refresh okay. Teddy's mind. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's been a long time, man, since I've seen these guys, man. And so I just, golly, his, his name is right on the tip of my tongue. I just can't, can't get it out. Let me ask you. We've got uh, some more time. Good, good, good. Um, I came across a list of every SmackDown manager ranked from one to ten, I want to go down this list with you, and if you can, just uh, if you have any memories of any of these people or any stories, you know, pop in. Let me know. John Laurinaitis was ranked number ten. I didn't even know that he was on. I thought he was on uh, Raw, so it was on SmackDown that he performed. Well, he was on both of them, Raw and SmackDown. Well, no wonder the ratings weren't that good. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at number nine, Shane McMahon. He was also a GM of SmackDown at one time. Yes. And how do you think his job was? I mean, look, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking to myself, this is the guy. I mean, if, if you can't be Teddy, you're number two. That's just how it works. Well, you know, with Shane McMahon, Shane always did a good job at whatever he done. When he even, you know, wrestled a little bit, you know, he I thought he did a great job. Uh, and I had I, one night I never forget uh, Kane walked up to him and congratulated him. You know, really? so like I said, Shane did a good job, but I, I think you know some people, some 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 positions, you know, you do them good, but they're not for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't fit that mold. You know what I mean? So that's the only thing I could say. I think what with with me was God just blessed me to be that guy. You had well, you I, had the personality, and that made the difference. I, Right, and I didn't copy nobody. I didn't go out. I was only Teddy Long, and that and that helped me from you know just hanging out in the streets when I was a young man. You know, you know, you know, you know, messing with the ladies and stuff. Yeah. So I knew how to go in with that swag attitude. So you know, I was just the you know the guy you see on the street. And right now, I talk to people. I talk the same way I did on TV. Player, I call yep. you. You know, that's just that was just me. And that is Teddy, by the way. In case any of you are wondering, that's not a put-on because I talk to him all the time, and he is always Teddy Long. So. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the best person to be. Uh, and when you're in wrestling, if you can be yourself, you're not playing anybody. You're just that, being real. And that's the thing I think what happened with that Vince really, you know, me and them got along real well because when I first started being the GM, they came to me and told me that they wanted me to be like Don Key. So I didn't, you know, I didn't bark about that. I'm like, you know, I didn't, I said, okay, well, whatever they want. But I never did think twice about being like Don King. I just went out and started talking and being me. And thank God Vince liked it. So I didn't have to worry about Don King. I could just be Teddy Long. 
That's good. Well, I think you understood what he was looking for. He's looking for something similar to a Don King atmosphere and attitude, and right. you made it your own. And that's what he's right. looking for. So, uh, another uh, number eight on the every SmackDown manager ranked was Booker T. Um, I don't remember Booker T. Yes, I do. He was uh, actually giving you hell when it came to Crystal and stuff. Is that right? Yeah, well, Booker was supposed to, was, they was going to move me out the general manager role. And um, I, I don't know what I was going to do, but Booker was supposed to come in and be the general. Oh, I know. Booker was going to come in and be the general manager, and they were getting ready to turn me heel. And that's why he started giving me trouble, because, you know, one time I did commentary with Michael Cole, and Book, and they were telling him, I'm putting Booker over, and all of a sudden Michael Cole says something. Well, he doesn't think you were doing a good and so I pause a minute, you know, like, oh, okay. So, so Booker, so Booker said that. Okay, all right. So that's how Booker feels. So that's, you know, I'm letting you know now. You know, I'm, you know, I'm getting a little bit frustrated here. Something may happen, but, you know, it never happened. How was it working with Booker in that role? Oh God, man, you if you can't work with Booker T, you can't work with nobody. Yeah, they, you know, it's, it's a lot comedy. of fun. He's gonna keep you laughing. I and and I do stuff. You know, that made him laugh. You know, one time, you know, he changed my name one time. He started calling, not Teddy, he started calling me Thaddeus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, when he was King Booker, he started telling me Thaddeus. You can't do that. You know? Thaddeus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was using, you know, the English ac accent that he was going with. But, yeah, like I said, man, if you can't work with Booker T, you can't work with nobody. At number seven, Vicky Guerrero. Oh, God, what a sweetheart. I had so much fun with her, man, when me and her were doing our deal. And a lot of the stuff that Vicky was doing to me, I told her to do it to me, you know, because I'm saying when I'm out there, man, I don't care about being humiliated because this ain't real, you know. So whatever we can do to grab these fans, get ratings, make some money, let's do it, Vicky. So she was so easy to work with. And the way we started to excuse me is one day we were down at the ring, you know, just watching rehearsals, and somebody come by, Vicky, or did something, and she just turned around and like, excuse me? And I just said to her, I said, yeah, I'll leave, Vicky. I said, that's it. Just keep keep saying that, you know? And I said, I, that, that's it. And that's, you know, how we started doing that. But she oh, would yeah. always, and she was just absolutely great to work with. And she could get the fans booing her so much you couldn't hear a word coming out of her mouth. Well, she had that voice so that yes. was really out of heat that boy they hated that <laughs> oh god yeah uh the other name was kurt angle who came in at number six uh i don't know what a, I, I didn't watch kurt much i watched him a little bit but then, like i said some jobs are not fit for everybody so i, I don't agree kurt angles that was kurt angle snitch right there you know what i mean he i do that's his deal paul Heyman uh was uh number five on the top uh smackdown managers I thought he was on Raw, too. I wasn't aware that he was a GM of SmackDown. Well, a lot of guys, they they, they don't last. You know, you move from Raw to SmackDown, you know, like yeah. you might have been part of the trade. You know, every yeah. time it came around that we did did the trade. Uh, Paul Heyman, you know, great guy. I don't really know a whole lot about him. You know, the only thing I think about him, he just screams all the time. You know what I mean? And that, yeah. to me, when you're screaming and yelling, I, you know, that's just my opinion, you know, but you could always see I never screamed. I always got straight to the point, and I always yep. used the voice like if it was really happening. Correct. Uh, let's see. Uh, we also have Paige, which we talked about earlier, unless you got something you want to add uh, to Paige. Uh, no, I have nothing to add. I, she, I don't think she lasted long enough for me to really even, you know, comment yeah. on it. You know? 
And, and again, I think she came in after you, so it would have been hard for you to have said, you know, have much time to work with her. Um, let's see. We got uh, a few more minutes. I want to get down to the rest of them here. We have here are the top three. Now, this is where I get confused. At number three is Teddy Long in this list. Now, I'm not saying this is how it should be because it shouldn't be. When you have the guy who was the longest reigning SmackDown manager in history, how can he be number three in that list? So I'm not even going to ask you to comment because I'm sure that's that's not all that great to you anyhow. Well, like I said, I don't care. If that's what they want to put me in number three, fine. I know that I'm number one. Absolutely. So that's, let, that's me tell, let me tell you who they got in front of you. You want to hear that? <laughs> yeah. Here are the two better SmackDown managers, according to, you know, this poll. And they are, at number two, Daniel Bryan, who I don't remember him doing. I remember him being a general manager, but it was nothing like what I went through with you and uh, as a manager. And at number one, maybe you got a thought on this, Stephanie McMahon. Well, I guess... With Stephanie, she did do a good job. Now she came out on SmackDown, and she, you know, she she did a great job. But like I said, that's that's a poll that the fans want. That if that's what they think, you know, if that's what they want to say that Stephanie was number one. Whoever, you know, that's <laughs> ain't nothing I can do but accept. You know, the winner. Okay, I, so if I agree. Is the winner. Congratulations. All right, Teddy, that's it. We're out of time. We actually went over a little bit here. But uh, real quick, before we close out, where are you going to be this coming weekend again? Uh, this weekend, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Be right there for WrestleCade uh, uh, this coming Saturday night. Uh, be there along with me, Ron Simmons, and uh, let's see, Candice, Michelle. Uh, downtown Bruno will be there. I can't wait to see him, really miss him. And on Sunday night, I'm going to move over to Raleigh, North Carolina. Be over there for a great big wrestling show. Ricky Steamboat, I think he's having his last match, and there's no way I couldn't. I have to be on hand for Ricky, Ricky the Dragon, oh, yeah. man. I've known Ricky so many years, and he, like, I, I don't know what I ever told you this story, but Terry Funk, Ricky Steamboat were two guys that I always made sure that I called on Christmas Day and wished them a Merry Christmas, and I still do that as of this day, and, and Ricky That's can cool. That's so, cool. Yeah, I, just to be there and be a part, be a part with the dragon because he's such a nice guy, man. Great out of, I mean, just super nice. And you were there to raise his hand at the Chai Town Rumble. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Chai Town Heat, I think it was. Chai, Chai was the Chai Town Heat. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember you Chicago. raising his hand. Yeah. Where Chicago is where we him and Flair. Yeah. And he won the belt. Yeah, so I had the opportunity to be a part of that, you know, with the dragon. So me and him, we talk, and I also, you know, had a chance to work with his kid for a while. So, both of them, you know, just nice people. Good. Also, don't forget, we have another show. It's on YouTube and every podcast channel you can think of. It's called Road Trip After Hours, 30-minute time limit, and it's a wild show. So you need to make sure to check that out. I promise you, you'll enjoy it. Teddy, we are completely out of time. I think they're going to cut us off in a second here. So I'm Mac Davis, and he is WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long, and this is One on One. Holla. Holla.